Welcome to the Principles of Success, and today we are talking about the changing business environment and the basics of business. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So here's the problem with most business advice out there. It is all based off of past tense world economics of the last hundred years. So the last, honestly, about 80 years um, has been a very unique time in history and pretty much every business book that you have ever heard about and read has all been within this time of about 80 years and each one and and depending on how old it is you can tell that there was differences for that and the reason why the business environment was so unique over the last 80 years is primarily due to America and the baby boomers because after World War II, America completely changed the game of global economics. A lot of this episode is going to relate to, like, the economics episode, because economics play a very big role in business. Imperialism didn't die because we just decided to be morally better than our ancestors. Imperialism died because America basically told the whole world that you have access to the rest of the world and we will protect that access... And anybody who tries to interfere with that access will get a very angry America. And we are way more powerful than everybody else, so everybody else just went along with it. That's coming to an end. And then the other thing that is changing pretty drastically is pretty much all of the business books have been taking advantage of the trends of the baby boomers. Because it was there's a reason why they were called baby boomers, and that is because they just had a massive influx of population. And so business books written in like the 60s and 70s were all about massive growth, massive consumerism, because there was this massive population of super unskilled labor needing to consume a lot of goods because they're all 20-something-year-olds, having kids, buying houses, buying fancy cars, buying all sorts of stuff, and they needed jobs, and businesses were very happy to give them jobs, and they just exploded onto the market. So that's why a lot of business books written around that time, it all talk about employees, 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 hire as many employees as you can because they're dirt cheap. And then all of the business books written in the last couple of decades have been about venture capitalism um, or venture capital, cheap money, financing, 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 because again, the baby boomers, such a large segment of the population, were now mid-aged, and they had all of this money, and they were investing it so that way they could retire. And so capital got dirt cheap. If you wanted to borrow something pre, for pretty much all of human history, but pre-boomers, you had to have serious assets, serious backing to be able to borrow money, because it was a serious risk for the bank, because money was expensive. But then we had all this influx of capital, and we actually... There was so much influx of capital with that generation that we actually developed second 
uh, second world countries, because we had so much excess capital in America, that we had to find a place for the money to go. So any business book that talks about hiring lots of employees, growing really fast, getting big, or leveraging OPM, lots of other people's money, financing, 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 those are all books written up due to the market trends that were shaped by a massive generation just growing up throughout the years. Unfortunately, for especially business owners, is the baby boomers are old now. They are retiring. And when you retire, all that skilled labor goes out of the market, which we'll talk more about a lot of trends happening from that. And all of that cheap money goes out of the market because now they're retired. And they and you go from growth investments while you're still producing money to being super, super, super conservative with your investments. And we were supposed to have a couple more years, but COVID accelerated everything for the retirement aspect of this generation. That's why there's a worker shortage. That's why that's part of the reason why um, the markets are crashing. A good portion of that is due to inflation, but the baby boomers are done. They're out. They're pulling their money out of the market, out of everything, and they're just going to sit on their cash until they die. So that's all the tangent for why most business books written in the last 80 years still have a nugget of truth to them, but the business climate is changing very drastically. Because when gen when the boomers were 20-year-olds, they were consumers, so we started having a very consumer-centric market. Then they got older. There was all this... There was so much money, so credit got really cheap. The, inven the invention of the credit card happened, so credit got even cheaper. Banks love credit cards. And because there was so much laborers, there was... The price of labor went down drastically, which then affected the next generation, Gen X. So they had to have two jobs to maintain the lifestyle as the boomers. Well, that caused a very high spike in divorces, which is causing a lot of the problems we're dealing with right now, including making the later half of millennials and the early half of Gen Z, which is all the 20, 30 year olds right now, be pretty messed up and not have a, they're just not very good employees. So that makes it issues as well. On the flip side, it also, because you can get a broken person from having all messed up family, but you also get a very entrepreneurial spirit from the other side. So that's why entrepreneurialism, single gig, small business is skyrocketing with that generation, my generation, uh, is because for the same reasons. It's just they don't want to be employees on either side of the coin. So that also makes hiring employees harder. So basically what I'm saying is, because I need to wrap this segment up and talk about the next one, is that depending on how severe the business climate changes over the next decade, I would not be surprised if giant corporations disappeared and we went back to very small businesses dominating the market, cheap money disappeared, and then I never really touched on it, but I need to move on. Industrialization is going to, um, and globalization is going to become much more different in the next little bit. So if your business relies on a global international trade, like for instance, if anything of your business comes from China, you're going to have issues because America is pulling out. America is done with the globalization scheme. It's been pulling out for the last... 15 years. And once the globalization ends, 
places like, for instance, China, will have to actually de-industrialize because their industrialization depended on the global trade. Like, they import so much of their food and, and all of their inputs to make the stuff is imported. They don't make any of it there, and then they process it and then ship it out. Well, if global free trade is ending, they're just not going to be able to do that. And then there's the whole oil aspect of if America doesn't keep all the oil lanes open, people are going to have a hard time getting gas. But we'll talk all about that more in a future book review. Because the last major change is skilled labor. I'm talking about blue collar. So your plumbers, your HVAC guys, your carpenters, your mechanics, you know, all the things that we have been, all the fields that we have been turning our noses up for the last 80 or so years, because we've been turning our noses up for the last 80 or so years, the only generation in mass that knows how to do that just retired. So if you're an employee getting into a if you're employee-minded, getting into a blue-collar field will probably be better in the next couple of decades than a white-collar field. White-collar is like office people, marketers, data crunchers, that kind of thing, managers. And if you are entrepreneurial, starting blue-collar manual labor businesses, those businesses are the ones that are going to really rake in the cash because it just goes back to basic supply and demand. There isn't a supply anymore of skilled blue-collar workers. It's gone. They've retired. Which means you can and will have to charge a ridiculous amount because you're the only option. And your ability to attract employees is going to be hard because they're the only option. So it's just, it's just a really great business trend to go into. And I think I actually timed that almost perfectly, even though I cut out quite a few things. So let's talk about business basics. And to do that, I'm going to use the iconic first business of every American entrepreneur, the lemonade stand. Specifically, I'm going to talk about my, not an actual lemonade stand, pop stand. I decided that soda made way more sense than lemonade. Because with lemonade, you needed a pitcher, you needed ice, you needed disposable cups, and while I'm old enough that people still carried around cash, nobody really car carried around coins anymore. And you, and charging a dollar for a small cup of lemonade just didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I did a pop stand instead. And I'm going to teach all the basics of business, everything you need to know about business, in the story of my pop stand. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And it actually was my second business. My first business was a candy store. But first, you need an idea. Honestly, you don't need... A genius idea, you just need an idea of what kind of business you want to do and how you're going to do it. People get so caught up in ideas. There's a million ideas that will work. You just need to put in the work to make the idea that sounds appealing to you actually work. So I had the idea of making money through a pop stand for the second point, which is because I had a goal, because I wanted to buy 
Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original. Because I freaking love that game and I wanted that game. So I was going to figure out a way to earn enough money to be able to purchase that game so that way I could play it. So first you need an idea. You also need a goal. Next, I didn't have any money because I was a broke kid and my parents didn't give me an allowance. So the one and only time that I asked my parents for money was I asked for $5 to buy a 24-pack of pop. Because at the time, a 24-pack of pop cost roughly $5. Anyway, so then I took that money with my mom, of course, because she drove me, and we went and bought a 24-can of Sprite, because Sprite was the most, is the most universally neutral. Like, everybody likes Sprite. Everybody usually likes something better than Sprite, but everybody likes Sprite. So I went and bought the product that had the most wide appeal to the biggest demographic. Then I needed to figure out how to price the pop. And I want to say I priced it at 50 cents. Maybe I priced it at a dollar. I don't remember. But at 50 cents, I'm, I think it was 50 cents actually. Uh, at 50 cents, the pop was roughly 20 cents a piece is what it cost me to buy. So at 50 cents, I was doubling my money. Have a really nice fat profit margin. Only giant corporations can operate off of super thin margins. So I got my loan, I got my product. Now I needed a way to transport it, keep it cold, and a spot to put it in. So I found a abandoned shopping cart in a creek. So I cleaned it up, made it look all nice and party because it was covered in algae and moss. Um, I borrowed the family cooler and I put water in ice trays and froze it in the freezer. So then I had ice, I had a cooler, I had a cart to transport it all. I got myself a little table and then all that was left was to set up shop. Well, my neighborhood street, like the street that my house was on, did not have a whole lot of traffic. The main street that my neighborhood street connected to had way too much traffic. It was like a five, six lane it's five lane, five lane road. There's way too much traffic for people to s slow down and stop and pull off to the side to grab some pop from a kid. However, my friend and neighbor just down the road on the other, on the other side of our area, his street connected onto a nice little main street where the speed limit was a whopping 35 miles an hour. So we set up shop there. It worked a whole lot better than the super busy street. Location. Location matters. However, people still were not stopping, because by the time they realized that we were trying to sell pop, they were already past us. So that's where advertising came in handy, making signs that said Sprite or Pop for 50 cents, and putting them further up the road so that way people had plenty of time to decide whether or not they wanted to purchase pop from a kid. So advertising. Super important. So I sold all of my pop, and... So now I had $10. I still owed $5 to my mom and I was out of pop. So the first thing you do, you restock. If you don't restock, if you don't resupply your business first and foremost, well, then you're out of business. The second thing I did was I repaid the loan. If you don't repay the loan, they're going to come and take all of your stuff. So that's also super important. Notice I did all of this work and I still have $0 to my name. However, I now own 24 cans of Sprite, free and clear. So I sold those 24 cans. Now I had $10. I bought 
a thing of Sprite, and a thing of root beer. So now I am growing my business, having more product available for sale, and I am also diversifying and having more options. Next takeaway, I kept growing, and then one very kind old gentleman suggested that I should get Diet Mountain Dew, because that would sell really good. Well, I listened to him, and I bought it. And then I had to drink all my Mountain, or all my Diet Mountain Dew, because nobody would freaking buy it. Your customers do not necessarily know what is best for your business. The next takeaway is actually two parts. So first off, I needed a place to store all of this, and the street where we were selling it all was pretty far from my house, so we kept it at my friend's house. Well, one day, it had been a couple of weeks since we'd sold any, since I'd been over, I came down, and all of my pop was drunk. The friend blamed it on the little siblings, but I'm pretty sure it was the dad, the siblings, and him, and they drunk all of my product. So, the two parts to this is, one, you need a place for inventory, a place to manage your business from, and then the second part is, sometimes things are going to happen. Luckily, I had probably $10 or $15, something like that, in savings that we hadn't spent because we'd been growing the business but hadn't been over-leveraging ourselves. So I was able to restock after the pop disaster. So have a rainy day fund. Be prepared for emergencies. Do not over-leverage your business. And then the last principle from my pop stand is sometimes you got to cut a deal. Uh, one day there was this kid who didn't have any money. He was walking home from school and he wanted a pop, but he did have a gift card for a, for the business that I just so happened to want to buy the game from. And it had, and he promised it had $15 on it. So even though it wasn't cash, I went ahead and took the $15 and gave him, I think I gave him two pops. So sometimes you got to cut a deal. Especially when the deal is in favor for both of you. He didn't have any money, but he did have something that was worth a, a lot more than what um, I was needing for the pop. Anyway, with that, I got the game and then I drunk all the pop because I was a kid and my goal was done. So I went out of business. And this episode went a little long, but that's fine. That's basically all you need to know about business. That includes pretty much everything. It includes marketing, it includes inventory, it includes... Getting a loan, repaying a loan, dealing with problems, location-based, calculating what your product is worth, figuring out what your product is, all of that. So, with that, I will end today's episode, and next week we will talk about starting a real business. <laughs>